Look at how smooth that transition was. Sheesh. These curtains are so clutch because I could just hide in the shadows and then just be out here. Um, before we get into it, let's give it up for your worship team. Absolutely kill it week in and week out. Even when Pastor Brett and Pastor Danielle aren't here, they're still putting in work and uh, really blessing us. I don't think we often realize how lucky we are to have such a, such a talented team. So it's good to give credit where credit is due. Amen? Sweet. All right. I missed you guys. I'm not going to lie. I only missed like one week of youth, but it felt like I was gone for an eternity. Uh, I was out uh, traveling for some, yeah, no, I was just traveling for some work stuff. Just felt like I was gone a long time, but I missed you. So now we're back. Uh, I know we just prayed, but I don't know. I just feel like you can never pray too much. So I'm going to pray really quick. And then, uh, then we'll jump into the word, all right? Dear God, we just come before you, and I just pray that you would just have your way tonight. God, that the words that I say would not be mine, but they would be yours. God, that you would speak through me, and that the hearts of the students and leaders in this room would be open to your word, myself included. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. What's the name of our series? Origins. Let's go with the dope graphic. So last, I'm just going to give a quick recap. Last week, uh, Pastor Brett spoke about Abraham, Isaac, and who? Nice Lot. Uh, he spoke about Abraham, Isaac, and Lot. So I'm going to I'm going to pick up where he left off. The next big character is Jacob, not that one. Ready? So quick recap, what happened? Isaac, Isaac grows up. I'm not going to touch on what Brett really preached about, but Isaac grows up. He gets married to this lady named Rebecca, right? Rebecca is barren, which means she can't have kids. So Isaac and Rebecca pray to God, God, please just give us a son, right? And then God's like, I'll do you one better. Twins. So my Bible doesn't like to stay open, so let me do this. Watch this. Boom. That was sick. Okay, so Jesus says that, right? Or God says that. God says, okay, I'll do you one better. I'm going to give you twins. So Isaac and Rebecca end up having two kids, and you can find this in Genesis 24. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase this part as part of the recap because it gets kind of heady. There's a lot of reading. And Last time I did that, it didn't go well for me. I can't pronounce Hebrew names. We learned that. So we'll just go with that. Um, she has two kids, right? Twins. Esau, who is older, and Jacob, who is the younger. And they come out at the same time. The reason Jacob's name is Jacob is because it means to grasp the heel, which is like a Hebrew idiom, which is like a saying for deceiver. <laughs> Nice. So Jacob gets born and they're like, deceiver, immediately. Like, that's not a very good, that's not a very cool way to be born, right? So Esau comes out first and it says in scripture that Jacob was grasping his heel. He was right behind him. Esau grows up to be this burly, manly man, right? Esau, it says here in, let's see, Genesis 25. 27, the boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. So nice. Esau is this manly man. Jacob's like, I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to bake, 
right? That's, that's basically what we have here. We have a manly man who loves hunting and going out there, and then we got Jacob, who's, who's a little more timid. He likes to stay at home and just take it easy. And I'm going to be honest, I'm with Jacob on this. Like, I'm trying to stay at home and, like, just chill. I'm not necessarily going to go out there and kill stuff and hunt all the time. That's not really my, my like, idea of fun. So I'm with Jacob on this. So they're very different, right? But then Scripture says something really weird right here. Genesis 25, 28, if you're taking notes. He says, Isaac, who's their dad, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So that's immediately a little weird. Poor Jacob is already struggling. His dad likes his brother more than him. So that kind of sets things up. First, he's born, and they're like, deceiver. Also, your dad loves your brother more. So Jacob's had it rough, right? Jacob, so far in the story, um, hasn't really lived up or has no real, like, yeah, motivation or goal. He's just kind of set up um, what it seems like for failure, right? He immediately gets called a deceiver, and then his dad's like, yeah, I like your brother a little more. So there, there's some struggle there, right? Isaac loved Esau. Rebecca, mom, loved Jacob. So then we're, we'll go into Genesis chapter 25, and we'll, we'll start the saga of Jacob and Esau, the brothers, the brotherly rivalry, right? So they're born, they're twins. Esau's a little bit older. In, that, um, in the Hebrew um, tradition, the older son, the oldest son in the family would get what is called a birthright. Does anybody know what the birthright is? It's essentially the oldest son would be left the right to the family, would get all this stuff, would get a special inheritance as the older son. So Esau has the birthright. And we'll go in here and we'll start reading in Genesis 25, uh, 29. It's an interesting story. So Jacob is going to, he's going to live up to his, to his deceiver name. We're going to find that out quick. Okay. So starting in verse 29, once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said, man, I'm starving. He said to Jacob, yeah, that part's not in there. He said, he said to Jacob, quick, quick, let me some of that red stew. I'm famished. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. That's crazy. That's just absurd. Oh, you're starving? You want some food? Yeah, give me your birthright. Yeah, so Jacob just fires that off, and Esau says, look, I'm about to die. What good is my birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew, not even a good dinner, He ate and drank, and then he got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Jacob just tricked this fool for some stew. He said he took advantage of his brother who was starving. That's like me or my brother coming up to me. He's younger than me. Coming up to me after I just worked for 80 hours straight, no breaks. I was just out there grinding, right? And Zach's like, oh, you're hungry? Give me your inheritance for this stew. Like, that's crazy, right? That's crazy. So already, <laughs> Jacob's got a, he's got a bad name. Esau is probably not super down to, like, be chilling with his brother, right? 
<clears throat> so we'll skip forward a little bit. The, in between this is a little bit of um, Isaac's life. So we'll skip back to chapter 27, if you're taking notes. So that was chapter 25. We'll go to chapter 27. And here, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Jacob strikes again. Jacob now steals Esau's blessing as the firstborn. So first he took his birthright, and now he's like, I'm doubling down on this fool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal his blessing too. So it was common in that time, the father would give the oldest son the blessing. Hey, go do this, go conquer this, go conquer this. I, Abraham, Isaac's dad, gave Isaac the blessing. So Isaac would continue it supposedly, or it should go to Esau as the oldest. But we know when we read the Bible, it goes to Jacob. So how does that happen? We, we pick up in 27 where Rebecca, remember Rebecca is Jacob and Esau's mom. She, she loves Jacob more, right? So she overhears Isaac telling Esau, hey, I'm about to die, essentially. Go out and hunt this wild game, bring it back in, cook it up all nice and feed it to me so I can give you my blessing. I want to do it on a full stomach, I guess, right? So, like I said, Rebecca overhears this. And what does Rebecca do? She goes to Jacob and she says, okay, hear me out. Your dad's basically blind. So, if we put fur all over your arms, because Esau is like really hairy, so if, if we make you feel like Esau, I bet you we can get you that blessing. So that's exactly what happens, bruh. It's great. The Bible is crazy. I'm telling you. you it's like a soap opera. So we'll, we'll skip. That's what happens, right? And then we'll go right here to uh, chapter 27, verse 18. He went to his father and said, my father, this is Jacob talking. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. There's the lie. There's the deception. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game or food that he just caught, even though he didn't catch it. He, his mom just whipped something up in the kitchen so that you can give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, how did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God gave me success, he replied. So he lies again, but this time he brings God into it. He lied so bad he said, God, oh, God just gave me some good luck hunting, so I got back quick. It's getting dicey. Isaac said to Jacob, come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. Jacob went up close with his fake furry arms that he just put like some fur on, and, the, and he said, uh, Jacob went close to his father, and Isaac touched him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he proceeded to bless him. But then this is the big part. Verse 24, he asks him again, Are you really my son Esau? And Jacob says, I am. He had three chances there. And he chose to deceive him all three times. Yeah, that's a lot. So Jacob, Jacob's not the best guy as of now. He's ripped off his brother twice, deceived his dad, and he just continues going down this path of destruction, right? 
he continues to go all the way to where Esau finds out. Esau finds out about this, and he's not happy. Like the birthright one, like Esau's like, yo, that wasn't cool, dog. Like, that's, that's not chill. But this time, when he took his blessing, Esau was, was furious. So what happens, right? Jacob, Esau went out to go hunt. Jacob snuck in and said, I'll, take, I'll, I'll be having that. Rightio. Takes the birthright. And then Esau comes back after he just hunted. And he's like, yeah, about to get my blessing. About to cook up this food. And then he, we pick up the story in verse 35. Esau finally comes back and he says to his, to his dad, or his dad says, but he said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, isn't, it rightly na- isn't he rightly named Jacob? Which means deceiver. So he basically said, isn't he a deceiver? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright and now he has taken my blessing. We'll skip forward a little bit to verse 41 where Esau says, or it says Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him, him being Jacob. And the blessing that he got was significantly worse than the one Jacob got. Jacob got the, got the blessing of, hey, you're going to go out and you're going to have nations under you and all this. And the, the, the blessing that was left over now for Esau was, a thumbs up. Hey, sorry, boss. I gave all the blessing to your brother. I didn't mean to. Like, he deceived me. But no takesy-backsies. Right? So what happens? Esau now is, is mad. So what does Jacob do? He goes to his mom and says, Mom, we just deceived dad and my brother, but now they want to kill me. So, like, should I bail or what? Right? So Jacob hits the road. Jacob says, yeah, I'm out of here. He goes to his mom's brother's house. Laban is his name. He goes out there and he goes to, to hide out, to lay low from his brother, right? And so we'll pick up the story in chapter 29 where uh, Jacob, <laughs> the deceiver, gets deceived big time. So here's the story, right? Paint the picture. The Bible is absolutely crazy. He goes out there, and he, he's working for Laban, um, and all of a sudden, Laban goes, hey, like, you've been working. Um, how, how should I pay you for this, right? And then Jacob goes, see that girl over there, your daughter, Rachel? Yeah, I, I, I want her, <laughs> right? I'm telling you, this is in the Bible. Read Genesis 29. Read the Bible. It's crazy. There's some scandalous stories in here. So he's working. And he says, I want Rachel. And Laban says, why not? Okay, work for me for seven years and you can marry Rachel, right? So he does it. Jacob goes and he's working, doing whatever for seven years. And the time comes and he goes, okay, I served my seven years. Uh, can I have my bride, right? And so the whole the thing happens, they get married, except there's a little bit a funny business going on here. So we'll, we'll start, we'll go to verse 25 in, in uh, chapter 29. When the morning came, there was Leah. Who's Leah? Right? Yeah, Leah is Rachel's sister. So, yeah, in the, the, Nathan's not lying. The Bible literally says, um, 
Leah had weak eyes, which in this language is Leah was not attractive. That, that's, that's literally what it means. Like the Bible actually says that. So Jacob gets deceived, right? Jacob wakes up and he's like, you are not Rachel. This is not good. Um, so he goes to Laban and he says, uh, dog, I just worked seven years and you just gave me a different wife. Like what's going on, right? This is, uh, this is not cool. And so Laban says, yeah, but come on. Like Leah's older. She's got to get married first. That's just how it works. Not a very good excuse, right? I, so the deceiver just has been absolutely deceived, gave seven years of his life. It's kind of funny that when you get caught up in deception, somehow it always comes back to you, right? Hopefully not that bad to where you get deceived and marry, the, marry somebody you didn't want to marry. That's crazy. But deception always leads to more deception, whether it's you deceiving others or them deceiving you. Once you get tangled up in it, it's really, it's really hard to get out, right? So this happens. Jacob goes to Laban and says, dog, this ain't, this ain't cool. Um, can you make this right? And so Laban goes, sure, sure. Okay, spend the week with Leah. I'll give you Rachel after the week's up. And that's true. It happens. On one more catch, uh, Jacob, you got to work seven more years for, for, for the girl you wanted in the beginning. And so he does it. He says, okay. And then I don't know if it's a happy ending at this point to this story, but he ends up getting Rachel, except now he has two wives. The, I'm telling you, the Bible's crazy. He's now married to Leah and Rachel, but he loves Rachel. He's not too thrilled about Leah. It's unfortunate, but it's in the Bible. Got to teach the Bible these. Got to be biblically literate. So that's what happens there. The deceiver gets deceived. And then we'll skip forward again because there's just some some filler in there. Um, And we'll go to chapter 32. And that's where we're going to kind of camp out and land this plane, right? So what happens in chapter 32? Jacob wrestles with God. This is probably the most famous story um, from Jacob's life, and it takes place in Genesis 32, if you're taking notes. So just write that down so you can read it really in depth on, uh, on your own terms and your own study. Uh, but what happens? So Jacob is now fleeing from Laban. He's leaving, and he's bringing his two wives, servants, all their livestock, everything. He's completely moving out, and he's going back to Esau. So something happened. He's really scared. Read the chapter. It says he's really scared. He's really anxious. He thinks his brother still wants to kill him, but he can't stay with Laban, so he's got to get out of there, right? So he starts to trek back, and then we'll, we'll catch up right here. We'll go uh, chapter 32, verse 22, and then um, if you're taking notes, take that one down. This, this is good stuff. That night, Jacob got up, took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed the ford on the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So he sent over all his, all his family, all his servants, all his possessions, and then he was alone on this side, right? So he was alone. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled him till daybreak. 
Okay, he was just alone two seconds ago. Who's this dude wrestling him? Right? So we'll keep reading. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, and his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with him. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. And the and the, then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. So this, there's a lot going on right there, right? First of all, Jacob's alone, and then he's wrestling with a man. And then it says, Your name will be Israel because you have struggled with God. And other translations say, because you have wrestled with God face-to-face, or because you have seen God face-to-face and lived. So that man that he was wrestling, he was wrestling God. And then God touched his hip, and he wretched it. So now, if we go on to verse 31, the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, which is what he named the place, which means I've seen God face-to-face and I've lived. And he was walking with a limp because of his hip. So Jacob had an encounter with God. He wrestled with God. And then he was never the same. Right? That should be the goal for all of us. To wrestle with God, but then to never be the same. To wrestle with God and then to actually have change and not stay the same. Right? So what does this mean for us? That's a little bit of a crazy story. What does that mean for us? It gives us this sort of formula, I guess you could say. And we'll tie in. I know Brett's been tying in Jesus through this whole series. This Jacob's a little bit harder because, of course, there, there are parts of Jacob's story that point to Jesus, of course, and I'll, I'll highlight some. But more often than that, the story of Jacob is us. The story of Jacob is the foreshadowing of humanity as a whole. The story of Jacob, foreshad- his name is changed to Israel. So Jacob isn't Jacob anymore. Jacob is Israel. That's why the, the Israelites are called the Israelites. It was because of Jacob. And what does it mean? It means wrestled with God. And what did the Israelites do the whole rest of Genesis? Wrestle with God. And what did they do until Jesus came? Wrestle with God. And what did they do after Jesus ascended? Wrestled with God. And what are we doing today? Wrestling with God, right? It's a never-ending cycle. So more, more often than then Jacob points directly to Jesus. For me personally, he, he points to me. I'm flawed. I, I wrestle with God. And I, I sometimes feel like I won. And I, sometimes I feel like Jacob, who said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Whether that's righteous or not, that's a different conversation, Right? But sometimes that's what, what I feel like. So what is, what is this formula that I'm talking about? What is this 
What does this mean to us? And I'm going to land the plane here. We're not keeping it super long. But if you're taking notes, and I would encourage you, just write this down, these three, these three things. I think they're really impactful, and they'll, they'll have the ability to change the trajectory of our lives. Number one is wrestling, right? Jacob wrestled, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Jacob probably wrestled with the fact that his dad didn't really love him super well right? There's a void there. There's a void in the form of a father figure growing up. His dad loved his brother more. It says it in scripture. So what does that mean? Jacob wrestled physically. He, he wrestled beyond spiritually. He wrestled physically with thoughts, right? Jacob probably wrestled with deceiving his brother. It probably tore him up, right? I tell one lie, and I'm like, oh, gosh, oh, no, this is horrible. And I get all guilty and all this shame and all this stuff comes over, right? So imagine deceiving your brother twice with, like, big things, not just, like, white lies. Like, stealing his birthright and blessing. That probably eats at you after a while, right? So Jacob wrestled. But you know who else wrestled? Thomas in the New Testament. Thomas wrestled with doubt. He wrestled with unbelief. He's known, his literal nickname is Doubting Thomas, <laughs> which I don't really think is fair, but that's another thing too. But there's a cool reversal we see here. In Jacob's wrestling with God, what does God do? He reaches out and he touches his hip and he makes him walk with a limp, right? What does Thomas do? Thomas touches Jesus' scars. And Jesus is the one walking with the limp. There's a reversal. Right? It's, it's kind of hard to like picture, but Thomas touched Jesus in the holes in his hands in the giant gash in his side to believe. It's a complete reversal. He wrestled with unbelief. He touched Jesus' scars and said, yeah, those are real, right? Jesus wrestled. And you're like, what? No, he didn't. He cried blood and, or sweat blood in the garden before he was crucified. He wrestled, man. He didn't want to be crucified. But he knew that if it was God's plan to save us, it was worth it, right? So Jesus wrestled. That's number one. And what does wrestling do? It leads us to number two. It gets us in proximity. So wrestling, proximity is number two. And what does that mean? It means closeness to God is what brings change. Closeness to God is what fosters life change whether it's wrestling or whether it's walking. I, I can't recount one spot in this story where Esau spent time with God. And there's a lot of unresolved pain. And he's the one who isn't chosen. I wonder if things could have been different if Esau was the one 
spending time with God, the one wrestling with God, right? But it was Jacob. Jacob wrestled with God. He got close to God. The New Testament, Jesus says, draw near to me and I will what? Draw near to you. It's about proximity. Sometimes drawing near is wrestling. Sometimes drawing near to Jesus is arguing, right? Sometimes it's not easy to follow Jesus. Can I get an amen? It's not easy to follow Jesus, but it's worth it. And I'll tell you every time it's the right choice. But that's the wrestle. The wrestling starts us into getting in proximity with him. We, we see the opposite way. If you just walk with God, what did Noah do? Noah walked with God faithfully. And as Pastor Brett just preached about this a couple weeks ago, he built an ark without ever seeing rain. And he's regarded as one of, one of the like, pillars of faith, right? Whether it's walking or whether it's wrestling, get in proximity with God. And that leads us to the final thing. What, what is wrestling or walking in proximity? What does that lead to? It leads to deliverance. The last part, deliverance. And if you write, write one phrase down, just write this down. If I can get close, I can get through. If I can get close, I can get through. That will, get, that will get you through a lot of things in life, right? If I can get close to God, I'll be fine to get through this. And if that getting close looks like wrestling, so be it. Maybe I'll have to wrestle my way to it. But if I can get close, I'll get through. Amen? Struggles are going to happen, but when you go through, go through them with Jesus, you can overcome anything. Sometimes you might leave with a scar. <laughs> Sometimes you might leave like Jacob with a wretched hip, and you might never walk the same. But what do scars do? They tell you the stories of where you've been. But they've also healed. And they've told you the stories of how God was faithful even when we were wrestling. <laughs> God was faithful even when I, I got hurt. God was faithful even when, when I wasn't. He was still faithful. He was still there. So that's the moral of the story for Jacob, right? He wrestled with God. He, he deceived his brother. He deceived his dad. He stole. He, he was the epitome of a bad guy. He was the epitome of a jerk. But one single encounter with God changed his life, changed his trajectory. And now instead of Esau, it's Jacob that, that we read in the Bible. It's Jacob that continues the, lit- the uh, family line not Esau. It's, it's Jacob who is referenced in, in all the later books, like Exodus and stuff. The God of your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and who? Jacob. Not Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. So wrestling, getting close to God will get you through. That's basically all I got. I told you we're going to keep it, keep it cool. If you Once again, just one more time, because I think it's really important. If you can get close, you can get through. Right? We good? Sweet. Let's go. Next week, 
Oh, stop. We don't need to clap. Next week, uh, Pastor Brett is going to talk about Joseph, who's one of my favorite characters in the Bible, and I know it's one of his. So look forward to that. We got also got youth convention coming up pretty soon, uh, the end of next month. Um, if you have any questions about that or the logistics of that payment, that kind of stuff, uh, text Pastor Brett or Danielle. Um, they'll be your best contact for that because um, they're the ones in charge, right? Cool. Can I pray one more time and then we'll just hang out and uh, go to In-N-Out or something? Hopefully it's not pouring rain. There you go. All right. Dear God, we just come before you and we just thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to gather today and to just lean into your word. God, I pray that this, th- these words uh, would soak into our daily walks and that we would continue to pursue you. God, I, I pray that we would continue to walk or wrestle with you just to get in proximity because when we get in proximity to you, we'll get through. God, I pray for a safe ride home. Pray for some good food. In Jesus' name, amen.